Habakkuk chapter 3 is a fascinating portion of scripture. It's called the hymn of faith. And I want to read it to you. It says, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he'll make me walk on my high hills. Interesting portion of scripture. You see, most people, they kind of go like that proverb that says, oh, there's a lion in the streets. I guess I will die. <laughs> I want to talk to you today about something that, you'll, that I, I don't want to just kind of stay shallow. I, I want to dive in and, and, and just unearth some things. And I want to talk about the two kinds of knowledge that you have access to. You see, we live in a world, and in this world, God has given us five senses all attached to our brain so that we can learn and grow and be taught and develop. And, and just, I mean, all of our sciences come from the five senses, whether it's physics, chemistry, algebra, mathematics, geotrigonometry, be able to put a, a rocket on the moon, all of these things, all that we know, all that we've discovered as a human race come from the five senses that feed the brain. God has made it incredible. God has made it so that what's going to happen in the years ahead, because mankind never stops. This brain, this development, you know, a discovery over here mixed with a discovery over here leads to something stupendous. And all of a sudden, and are we going to be traveling in the planets? What's going to, you almost can't fathom if what the world is happening now, what's happening in the world now, where is it going to go from, from here? But the Bible has some very interesting verses about something the church seems to have forgotten. And that is, there are two kinds of knowledge. The one I just talked about is beautiful. It's amazing. It's phenomenal. But there's a second kind of knowledge that cannot be accessed by the five senses. And so when you begin to look at the Bible and you see the word flesh, often it means sense knowledge. Or eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard. It's talking about senses. While we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. That word seen doesn't just mean one of the five senses. It means while we look not at the things that we can sense with this brain and its five inroads of senses that, that gather data, but we look at the things that are not sensed or seen. Well, how do you do that? The Bible talks about a second kind of knowledge. And this second kind of knowledge is something that's so few, but nobody can really begin to access in a consistent way without becoming born again. 
When you look at some of the most brilliant minds on the planet and in the years past, who after they have achieved acumen in areas and they begin to explore these sciences and they become brilliant, something funny begins to happen to them because they come to the end of what they can know in these areas of wisdom and knowledge that are gathered by the five senses created on this planet and they begin to realize that they feel empty. What's going on? What's happening? You see, your mind thirsts for knowledge. Some of you can't even sit on the bathroom without reading the back of a tin can because you just can't sit there and do nothing. Your brain is thirsting for knowledge, but your spirit is on search mode as well. Your spirit is searching. It's like when you got on your phone and you get on a plane and you got to deal with your phone. All of a sudden you got all these peoples, you know, you can join over here and you can join over there and you go to a store and you can join this Wi-Fi and that Wi-Fi. This phone is always seeking and searching to, to gather connection. Your spirit is like that. But here's the problem. None of the five senses or the data gathered, none of the sciences, none of the thinking, as prolific as, as authors can get it, explaining love and science and trees and beauty and poems, etc. They cannot touch this need that your spirit has to connect to God, to connect to pure love. To connect to faith. This believing that there might not be olives on the tree nor herds in the stall. Everything is failing and nothing's going good. But me, I will rejoice in the Lord my God. Because there's a different thing that I can tap into than the five senses and my human ability. There's a different area that I can begin to pull from the very resources of another dimension. And these two kinds of knowledge come from two different dimensions. One is the physical dimension, and that dimension is where we gather the five senses in the brain, and it's a stunning, amazing, beautiful, incredible thing. But there's another dimension. It's the dimension that God lives in. He calls it spirit. And in this dimension, it says that he is a spirit. You are a spirit, but your spirit is housed in a body. It can be alive without the body. You know, when Jesus died and rose again, you know, it, he was very clear that touch me, look at me. He says, does the spirit have flesh? He ate fish with them. They locked the doors because they were afraid of the disciples. He just walked right through it and his body rematerialized on the other side. The Bible shows some crazy, beautiful, amazing, wonderful things. And we tend, and the only thing that can wreck it for Christians is religion. Pacify yourself with some archaic, pathetic rules and legalism to try to, you know, there's a God. I finally believe it's so I got to figure out how to make God happy and I got to do all works mentality and not understand that revelation knowledge is something that opens up to every person who becomes born again. I was so blessed to be raised in a family with amazing mom and dad who weren't just good parents. They were both pastors and teachers of the word. And at a very young age, taught me and expressed and showed me by example how to not only let my mind, my emotions, my will reach out into this world's data and to gather the sense knowledge, but to begin to turn to the word of God, the presence of God, 
and to begin to acquire and seek revelation knowledge. One is taught and earned, and there are people here who have achieved and gotten to where you've gotten by sacrifice and, and by working hard and by the skills that you developed. The people that you hung around with, reading to the midnight hours, working until you're exhausted, but you're achieving and you're growing. And it's hard for people who have developed sense knowledge to begin to look at this and go, are you saying there's a revelation knowledge and that this faith has to be in God's grace, that it's a free gift and that his power comes to you, that his blessing comes to you, his provision comes to you, his healing comes to you, his, his relationship, everything that you need is coming as a gift because of the finished work of Jesus. A completely different flow from a different dimension. The presence of God, the faith of God, the power, the healing, the blessing, the prosperity, all that is there for you and I. And so the church world is stuck on, on, this, on this precipice of, of always sliding into works rather than recognizing I can know the voice of God. I have access to a level of knowledge from a different dimension. An access to a knowledge that is so profound that the Bible says the very first people that were filled with the Spirit were, art, were artisans, were people who worked with gold and silver and were creating the house of God. Far beyond anything the Bible says that was on the world today were gifted to create and make things in the house of God. This, this being filled with the Spirit, this access to the presence of God, it's not there for you to hum and, and sit in the lotus position and put your fingers together and get boring and religious and weird. It was designed to live a, a life of rejoicing and laughing and health, relationships. That we, we're to show the richness of the life of God, the presence of God in our world, not to be this religious thing that everyone is so tired of. The reason the world has abandoned in such droves uh, Christianity is because of the pathetic teaching of religion and legalism that has turned their hearts away from a God who's already forgiven them. Jesus has already died for them they've already been given every promise and qualified for it and this father God is going please come I will make your world bigger than anything you could ever imagine instead it's repent you dirty rotten sinner good for nothing and you're gonna go to hell like I get it eternity is on the line I get it sin is horrid I get it you're gonna destroy your life but why do we approach it with such a works mentality in Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 to 12, of the 40 men that wrote the Bible over the course of 1,600 years, the Bible says all of them were under the inspiration of Holy Spirit as he guided every word, every phrase, so that the thinking of God could come into a written word. That's why Holy Spirit has to reveal this word, because a language would have a hard time expressing the manifold wisdom and the manifold grace that is in the thinking. How does God put his thinking into one language? How does God put his thinking in there, the nouns and the verbs and the adjectives and the prepositions of, of English? So the Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. It was literally a rewrite 
of the Old Testament, all of the pieces of information of a coming Messiah who would set us free and like in the garden, filled with God's presence and again being able to communicate and talk with him, there was coming the seed of woman who would die for you and I. And once again, his presence could be within our recreated human spirits. We could be reborn and fellowship and know him and access revelation knowledge. So the apostle Paul's talking about this and he says, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me, it's not man-made gospel. For I did not receive it from anyone, from any human being, nor was I taught it. But I received it through revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. All of history, all of the future is hung on this one thing. The cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, making up for what Adam and Eve did in the garden and the thousands upon thousands of years of people who died in sin, waiting for this Jesus to come to change the entire future of what is going on. And Paul says, I wasn't taught it. He said, I received it through revelation. Now, the word revelation, apocalypsis in the Greek, it literally means to lift the veil or to part the curtain and go, oh, it wasn't sitting at a desk, line upon line, precept upon precept, as someone teaches you every little individual thing. It is this engaging another way of receiving knowledge and wisdom that is by revelation. No person can teach you. It's just the curtain pulls back on something, and it's just wham, this amazing revelation. That's what the Bible talks about. That to know Jesus isn't this monotonous list of new rules. You're going to get a new one each week. That if you don't keep it, that you're, you're going to get nailed. In Ephesians 1.17, the Apostle Paul actually taught us how to pray for people to stop just living in sense knowledge and begin to hook up and receive from revelation knowledge. One goes to the brain, one goes to the heart, which is attached to the spirit. And he said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you the spirit of wisdom, not the sense knowledge wisdom, and of revelation in the knowledge of him. This, this a lifting of the veil, this pulling the curtain back that comes through a relationship with God and getting the revelation of Jesus. This incredible thing that brings the human race back to fellowship with him. If we could understand that our heart needs to be enlightened. It doesn't say taught. It means enlightened. It's aha moments in our lives. That comes from a relationship. That comes from looking at God's word and loving his word. We have to make a decision in our lives. Because the Bible doesn't say the righteousness of God is taught. The Bible says in Romans 1:17 the righteousness of God is revealed. Like over and over and over again, you're going to find that along with the sense knowledge or the flesh. See, sense knowledge often called the flesh is at war with the Bible says with the things of the spirit. That it wants ascendancy. It wants the mind to become in control, but the mind is pathetically inadequate to be able to judge, to learn, to grow, to understand this whole area of you because you are not a mind. You are not a body. You are a spirit. 
You need to contact the living God with your spirit. You don't contact him with the mind. You don't contact him with the body. Maybe you get, you know, goosebumps once in a while on certain songs. And, and maybe you sense such overwhelming emotion when your mind begins to be renewed and transformed by the word of God. But where you contact the living God for the revelation of everything you're going to need in relationship and business and God and identity and to rise up and just to know and to go and to make the world jealous because the word blessed means happy, fortunate and to be envied by who? The world. Then we've got to understand this second flow of knowledge and wisdom that does not come through the five senses. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 17 and on, he says that when he came to you, he says, I didn't baptize any of you. He said, I didn't come to you with verbal eloquence, lest the cross of Christ should be deprived of force and emptied of its power and rendered vain, fruitless, void, of no value, of no effect. Because the story of the cross is absurd and folly to those who are dying and perishing on their way to perdition. But to us who are being saved, it is the manifestation of the power of God. When you learn to listen to the, to the knowledge of God and receive the knowledge of God and be aware of this whole different dimension of truth, it doesn't just make you cerebrally smarter. It makes power come alive. It heals physical bodies, restores relationships, gives direction and clarity on everything so that even if the olive is failing and there's no herds in the stall and the vines have no fruit, yet I will praise God because I'm going to be like, the mountain goat. What is he talking about? You are going to climb to incredible heights and your feet are going to be like a mountain goat. Do you ever watch them run up a blank cliff and the back feet land exactly where the front feet are? They're just wired this way. And this mountain goat, that just... And God is saying, I'm going to help you navigate the success. I'm going to help you navigate where you're going and what you're called to do and what I want in your life. So that when you look around in the five senses and go, there's no herd in the stall. The olive tree has failed. There's no fruit on the vine. Yet I will praise him. It's not saying you're going to give up looking for problems and, and gaining wisdom. But this incredible ability comes from, from revelation knowledge, grace knowledge, from a completely different dimension. Our sciences have failed miserably in answering the most important questions on the planet. Let me give you a few that, that they, they have no hope. Let me tell you a story first. If you're out walking deep in the bush and the most remote mountain in the Rockies and just glad to get away by yourself with nature and you look on a rock and there's five gold coins stacked one on top of the other. And you look at these gold coins and you see the date, the value, the prime minister that was in when you know, that thing was minted. And there's five stacked one on top of the other. And you kind of go, wow. I wonder how many billions of years it took for that to evolve. Nobody would even think that way. We would think I was ridiculous if I stood there and rubbed my chin whiskers and went, I wonder how the gold, add another billion years on there and, and the impurities it drained out and how would it ever know that he was the prime minister and put his face and stamp it on that coin and the date of what happened. Oh my, we, we, we would think I'm ridiculous, but yet 
what a man creates isn't one billionth of the complexity of what God can create. And we'll look at what the God of the universe created and how amazing it is. And if we can't figure it out, just add another billion years on there for evolution. Like It's just great minds can't handle that. That's why so many scientists today are born-again believers. NASA people, the vast majority, committed Christians. And But you're not going to see them. You're going to hear there's one or two guys about, you know, God isn't real and the Bible's not real and just attack Christianity. But smart people who look and walk every of the five senses and the sciences to the end of their ability recognize how pathetically poor they are at answering the questions. I like what one guy said. He said, science as we know it today is the blind child of the senses. For example, sense knowledge will never know the origin of creation or the origin of matter. Where does it come from? They wax eloquent but have no answers. How about the origin of life? Let's say you think you got it figured out where all the rock comes from. Cool. Where does life come from? Sense knowledge will never know the origin of motion. I mean, the heavens, the galaxies. I mean, moons revolving around planets that are revolving around suns and galaxies are moving and things are moving. And now they believe that the entire universe is rotating around something. They just don't know what it is because they can't get there. They haven't got a clue where even motion comes from and gravitational pull. And how do you keep the moons and the earths and the suns and everything? And why isn't there some, you know, black hole here? Oh, man. They can kind of hypothesize, where does motion come from? They can't discover the origins or the government of the universe. They don't even know the origin of man. How do you drop someone as amazing as a human being? And and, and where does he come from? Oh, I had another billion years on there. The tadpole got legs and walked on the the ground. And and another billion years went by and it got arms. And another billion years got a beard and some hair. And... Like, smart minds who are not opposed to God very quickly come to the end of the five senses and their brilliance. And they all turn philosopher. And philosophy is just a look for God. doesn't matter what you want to call it. Sense knowledge has no conception of death or what death is. No understanding where does sin come from and is there sin. And if you're a nurse, especially an emergency ward or an emergency doctor or a paramedic or a firefighter, a police officer, you've seen the most hellish, disgusting, sinful things. Just going to a person's home and seeing what they do to their own families and the murders and the the gut-wrenching things that take place. And you go, this is so evil, it's beyond anything I can even imagine. You're right, there's evil, there's sin. But then at the same time, you can go across the street and find such courage and such love and such joy and such sacrifice for others you'd even lay down their lives to reach out and do something for what in the world sciences and the five senses they don't have any hope of doing it and I want to challenge you today that your spirit is always on search mode 
It's, it's searching. It's looking. It needs this connection with God. And to not know him and to not have your spirit washed clean and the presence of God to come and live and reside within you where Jesus says, I'm in you and you're in me and we're in him. I mean, this stunning uh, restoration of mankind that God is in love with. You know, the, the world wants us to think that that baby duck is as important as a baby child. That, you know, no, we, we want to look after this earth, absolutely. But the universe was created for the human race. It was God showing the kids that he loves. Let me show you how great I am, how amazing I am. Let me show you how much I love you and desire you and want you. And the, not just the earth I've created for you, but look at the universe. And when, when things pass and seasons change and we're here for eternity with him enjoying the place he's created... Who knows what's going to go on as God and his family through the eons of time into the future enjoy each other, laughing, creating together. I can't even wrap my brain around a creative God with billions of creative kids living together and looking at this universe and saying, what should we do now? 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, there are things which the eye saw not, ear heard not, and which didn't enter into the heart of man whatsoever things God prepared for them that love them but unto us God revealed them through the spirit he doesn't say revealed them through the senses or revealed them through the flesh or revealed them through line upon line teaching and instruction it says but the spirit searches all things yea the deepest things of God you know the word says in first Corinthians 2 Verse 11, who knows the thoughts that another person has? Only a person's spirit that lives within him knows his thoughts. It is the same with God. No one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now, we did not receive the spirit of the world, but we received the spirit that is from God so that we can know all that God has freely given us. And you keep thinking, you know, it's just, no, everything from relationships to architecture to planets, planetary travel, who knows what the future is going to hold. But everything that's been given us, it comes from this area of revelation. Study history. Take a look at when the Bible was moved into different languages and when it was put into the German tongue and the English tongue. And you'll find out that until the Bible goes into a language, there is not much creativity or development in that culture. But when the word of God comes, because every human being without Christ has got a piece of the miraculous on the inside of them. They have a spirit. It just needs to be washed clean and the presence of God go within it. But as you begin to listen and know, as you look at God's word and recognize this is a stunning piece of literature that for centuries the best minds have tried to deconstruct it and prove it wrong. And yet some of the most brilliant minds on the planet of finding Jesus as the sole source of this heart hunger that can never be satisfied. 
Sorry, guys, that girl's never going to satisfy you. Sorry, girls, that guy's never going to satisfy you. Sorry, business people, that career's never going to satisfy you. Sorry, folks, all the things you can travel and get and have fun with will never satisfy you. But to receive Christ as Savior and Lord and begin to have, yes, these beautiful five senses in the brain, enjoying touching a child, building something for the person that you love, romance, sexuality, all the incredible things, yes. But the mind must submit itself to the spirit. And if not, there's a mess ahead. Just like your physical body must submit itself to your mind, which the language of the mind is reasoning. If it doesn't, you're in for a big crash. Death will be the result. Just like the body must be handled by the reasoning of the mind, so the mind must be handled by the revelation knowledge of the spirit. God's designed your three parts to be spirit in lead and your mind transformed and renewed by the revelation of God's word to submit itself because God directs you, speaks to you, clarifies things and shows things to you by his spirit in your spirit. So it says here in verse 11, let's go down further down to Verse 13, and we speak about these things, not with words taught to us by human wisdom, but with words taught us by the Spirit, two kinds of wisdom and knowledge. And so we explain spiritual truths to spiritual people, to those who have the Spirit and the Spirit's words. A person who does not have the Spirit, a natural person, does not accept the truths that come from the Spirit of God. They're only locked on to sense knowledge. Okay, That person thinks they are foolish and cannot understand them because they can only be judged to be true, discerned and assessed by the Spirit. My sole purpose in today's message is hopefully to undo the pain that religion can cause where there is a God, keep him happy and you'll go to heaven is as deep as people's religion will go. But if you can understand that to walk on this planet, eyes not seen, ears not heard, those are talking about senses. Your senses will never plumb the depths of why you're here, why you're created, the call of God on your life, the abilities, not just physical abilities, spiritual abilities, spiritual gifts, physical gifts, you know, that, that, that all flow together in this unique being that nobody could take apart. Psychology can't, biology can't, nothing can. This unique you that only the God of the universe can guide you with a faith that makes you believe for things that are impossible, with a love that satisfies you and helps you have every other relationship, have it in the proper boundaries so you don't burn it out or expect too much from it. This God is what we must submit to. It's who we must recognize, my creator. And when we recognize him as our creator, he doesn't tell you to call him general. He doesn't tell you to call him CEO. He doesn't tell you to call him judge. He says, call me father. How stunning is that? That he loves you and values you more than any person on the planet. And so... Let's make sure that we don't allow religion. I hate religion. It's destroyed more beautiful, amazing people by laying down principles and teachings that are absolutely against 
the teaching of God's word. Every letter of Paul except one is to correct that problem from city to city, country to country, to the Galatians, to the Philippians, to the Corinthians, to Timothy. To, it's continually trying to stop us from letting religion and its awful. When Jesus would speak to religious people, he would say, you're a whitewashed coffin. And any person you get to follow you is a worse disciple of Satan than you are. And he's talking to people who were good as far as it goes on this earth, but had no understanding of the flow of the relationship and the, the knowledge of God, knowing God, enjoying God, the power, the healing, the blessing that comes as you begin to say, hey, there's another area here, not just my five senses knowledge base. That's why I love the Bible. That's why I just get into it and say, Holy Spirit, teach me. Because you'll read something, and everyone here has probably sensed this, where maybe you heard a message or you read something, and all of a sudden something clicks, and you go, oh, oh, do you look, look. And your friend goes, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, good, 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 yeah, I get it, I get it. They don't get it. Because you got a revelation. They're looking for line upon line. They'll have their flow. They'll have their journey. But for you, those revelations, those aha moments, those serendipities, those, oh my, how come I never saw, did you? <laughs> Every message I preach, I get off the platform discouraged till I get myself encouraged by the back door. Because I never feel like I'm able to communicate what I see, what I feel, what I sense, what I'm trying to get. But I had to recognize all of us are on our own journeys, and all I can do is plant seed that Holy Spirit will water and raise up, and each of us on our own time begin to discover the most amazing Jesus, what he's given his life for. Please don't put up with religion. Don't live your life on your own acumen and your five senses when you have access to the mind of God, and you can have the mind of Christ and all that goes with it. Father, I pray today that you touch each of us. To those who know you, help us to pull the boundaries and the lid off what's been limiting us. And once again, look towards the future with such faith, with such love, with such purpose. And Father, those who are here today that, that don't know you yet, I pray that something's being revealed to their heart that maybe even their mind can't understand. They were head bowed for just a moment. I want to close my message down with a powerful prayer. It's a prayer I prayed when I wanted him to come into my life, to give me a brand new start, to be reborn, to start again fresh. And I want to close my message down with this prayer. I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer with me out loud. And for those who are here that would say, Leon, I'm not sure that I am born again, that Jesus Christ resides in my heart. I'm not sure. Well, if that's the case, I can help you make sure. It's a choice. You see, God gave you free will. He gave you such freedom. He won't violate it. He'll never force himself into your life. But once you ask, he's free to come in. With every head bowed, if that's you that would say, Leon, I need to be included in this prayer. 
all across the auditorium. Would you folks just open your eyes and then give me a quick wave till I see your hand. Put it right back down. Just saying, Leon, include me today. Thank you. I want to give my life to Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Others, just give me a quick wave. See, I include me. For those watching wherever you are on this planet, just pray this prayer with us as we here in this church pray it out loud. Let's all pray. It goes like this. Say, Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I choose you. Guide me. Lead me in this new life. This new knowledge. I want to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Welcome to the family of God.